Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And back with another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Never a dull moment in rugby league, and there's plenty going on. Tigers drama, Brisbane back down to earth, Bulldogs get their first win, suspension, madness. The answer is a pineapple with the judiciary and the charges. Madge is in the bunker. (laughs) He's bunkering down. Bunkering down. Get a shotgun, bruh. Welcome to the Tigers, bruh. How good. All right, let's do what we always do every single week. We jump into our set of six, six topics, opinions, talking points, whatever we want to bring up. In Boxhead, number one, we might as well kick it off with what I just talked about. The judiciary, it's caused a bit of issues and some of the charges from this week. A lot of confusion from last week, but there's been even more confusion this week. And a lot of people are struggling to understand the level of punishments. There's also some people coming out defending the system and the carryover points, a little bit of that. Uh, you've got people like Gus saying that basically, you know, people shouldn't miss any football at all. And he was... Relating to probably the, uh, the wrong person when he was talking about Jack Hetherington's case and some of the punishments for him being ridiculous. I think if you've been charged six or seven times in 29 games, that's probably not the best argument to be no. using. Like for Luttrell and other people, I get what people are getting at. And we've spoke about carryover points and those sorts of problems, but... Yeah, I hate carryover th- points. There's, there's been a divide this week on some tackles. The first one was the Josh Curran one, which you could see Matt Chechen wasn't comfortable sending him off but uh, for the 10 minutes, but you could tell that the bunkers tipped him up. Watching it live as a Melbourne fan... I thought it was a head clash more than it was a shoulder. So I didn't quite understand it. Oh, it's hard. It's like unless you put it in super slow-mo and work out, you know, what how, what where the first contact was. Well, he's got off tonight. So that I understand. The point, I know. understand yeah, that. Yeah, two to three week charge at the time. They obviously had frames and pictures in the bunker when they sent it down to Matt Check and to Sinbin him that they thought that it had hit him in the head. Slow motion makes everything look so much worse though. It really does. Yeah, but so what? What my concern is there is if if that's what's happening in the bunker, surely they just take photos and forward those images onto the judiciary, shouldn't they? Well, that's the thing. If if you come up with that's a, the evidence, if you can slow mo that with, and watch it as many times as they did in the moment, and come up with ten minutes, and then you get to the judiciary and beat the charge, he beat the charge. Beat the charge. Like there's something wrong. There's a big problem because why, obviously they weren't. Dead set clear that it had made contact with the head on the night. Well, why I don't think it cost them the game. Ten minutes is a big price to pay when you're already under man in Melbourne against Melbourne who are, you know, near impossible to beat down there. So they scored one try during that period. They went on a bit of a rampage after that. But the result to be, you know, off. It had no impact on the result. And then they had a good example last night on 100% footy, which I like, which 
Sims stuck an arm in when Manu scored that try, and it was very similar to Radley's last week. But the fact is, he broke through it, went and scored a try, and nothing else was said about it. But mm-hmm. he's saying if he laid down there, from the way we had the charge happen last week, is that a grade two? And he ended up getting off. And then we've got the Momorowski one, which blew me away that he got three weeks for that. And the big one for this week, I don't know if people are divided on or not, is, is the Talakai hit. If that's six weeks, like, yeah. you know, and uh, we, we spoke the other week and some people were going, I think oh, those ones are more on the fact that they're shoulder charges and they're, they're pretty firm that they're shoulder charges. You didn't think that had some arm in it, like, and just the way he popped No, in. I thought there was no intention to wrap in the oh. Talakai one. No, I thought it was a shoulder charge. Um, yeah, but that's just my opinion. I, I don't. I still don't think it hit him flush in the head. I, I thought. I thought it deserved a charge. Yes, oh, but I'm not I, I think it didn't that, deserve a charge. But six weeks. Did it deserve ten in the bin? It probably did because it obviously led to. Dory going off the field. Oh, yeah, Dory got um, KO'd. Yeah, I don't know what the right system is. I, I, I do I do probably lean to the side of the people making the argument that the punishments are too heavy. Like, I, people missing significant amount of footy isn't great because we lose enough players to injury. So we don't want to be sitting players out unless they're doing deliberate acts of foul play. I think we really need to be hard on. Mm-hmm. But these ones that are... Accidents, rugby league accidents. I think we need to probably look at winding them back a little bit. Move more to fines. I think what Gus said about fines that that's probably not a bad point to increase fines and and hit them from a monetary oh, yeah. standpoint. Hit them in the hip pocket uh, rather than footy. But I mean, if it's if it's footy, the fans are the ones getting robbed. Mm. And for the same thing, it's kind of a two way system. There's there's it's more physical, higher impact than it's ever been. Then we've got extra rules around concussion. We've got guys sitting out longer for that, which is rightfully so as well. So we've got players being more precautious, uh, more cautionary around that area. And then we seem to be getting heavier and heavier with the suspension side of things. And, and a lot, I guess, in the moment, in intent, it is a high impact sport. And I'm not defending, you know, this might seem like a backtrack on what we said a couple of weeks ago in regards to the concussion side of things, but I don't think it is. I think Talakai's one is a couple of centimetres difference from starting on the chest and hitting head to where, you know, if he's got a lip board dip in his back, he just absolutely folds him yeah. straight up. Momorovsky's last week, I know it finishes on the head, but I think it started on the shoulder, went up to the head. I just, in watching that from a practical point of view, I'm like, how's that three weeks? Yeah. Pereira is one people were saying, like, you know, he's slipping, he's, I get all that, but he did hang the arm out. But those ones are also difficult. Like, the result in the end was horrible. But when you run in blindly, stick an arm out, and a guy's slipping, like it's rugby league. Things are going to go wrong. It's impossible in our sport for things not to go wrong. I just think there needs to be a little bit more common sense around the charge, and a bit like the Talakai one again. That one wasn't, you know, to me, absolutely reckless, loose as possible can be. Arm hung out, launch. Like I think that's very fine line between being an absolute corker of a shot to you know, crown of the chest, touch of the chin. And it's led to a KO. Yeah. Horrible result, but I don't know what his record is like prior to that. I don't think he's really had any charges, but straight up six weeks. Um, yeah, it's a big punishment. That, that's very big first for what game. I, Again, what I said was a rugby league accident. And again, if you want to compare the two, like I think that's a bigger hit than what Hetherington put on last week, and he's obviously got prize, but he copped six weeks. Yeah. And then you've got Radley's one getting off, and like we said, compared to Mobrox, just 
probably more so the consistency and the grading and, and what's going on. I thought year, Pereira's so. was a send-off. Yeah, and again, it's one of those ones where people are defending, well, he's falling this, that and the other, but if you stick an arm out and you cop someone, it's one of those awkward situations. It's a, it's a game not played in slow motion, it's physical, it's fast, things are going to go wrong. Mm. Um, but I guess, again, record, what's his record like? I think he got suspended last year, right. so yeah. I don't know if that plays in on top of it, but... I think a lot of people are confused and there's noise coming from both ways. Some people are really on top of, you know, wanting heavy punishments and heavy fines. I'm all for it if it's ridiculously illegal play, but at the same time, I think there's got to be more common sense. And if it has to be heavier monetary fines to get people to clean it up, but if you want a faster, more physical product, which is what they're going to do and introduce more fatigue, there's going to be more go wrong. Yeah. And not in the sense of like technical tackles, but there's going to be more slips or bad technique or issues come about or concussions and head knocks because... They are getting faster. They are always going to be getting fitter, stronger, more physical. But you want the game to be quicker as well and introduce more fatigue. There's going to be more incidents, unfortunately, when you mm. play a high-impact sport. But, yeah. Curran's beat his charge. Uh, I think the Dragons trio all took early guilty pleas. What do you think about Ravalawas? It was dumb. What he did was dumb. I don't think he caused a whole... Like, it's another one of those ones again where I look at it and go, you know... What did he get? Two? I think he got two. Yeah. But I looked at it and thought, like, you know... But it's probably also a heavy fine, like fining, fining 5K. He's hit him. He's Yeah, it's not like a textbook shuttle charge. It's very loose. He's got him in the guts and he's bent over a bit crook. But, like, I didn't think it was abhorrently destructive. I just thought it was dumb. So... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's ones like that, I think, were a bit confusing on the weekend. But tackle two. The Dogs finally get a W and the Panthers stay undefeated. So we've been talking about the last week. Uh, those that hadn't had a win, those that had a win. Penrith, 7 from 7, and the wheels just keep turning. Not looking like falling off the bandwagon. Had got the jitters a little bit the week before, but found a way to win. The other night, probably bombed a few too many tries and tried to score off every single play, but uh, the wheels just keep turning on that juggernaut. And for the Bulldogs, some rough weeks, some emotions, some chopping, some changing. Lots of people frustrated. Just a wholehearted win. And a very good way to get off. It was a get tough win, wasn't it? Yeah, real tough it. win. Saved a lot of tries defensively. They were really good. Penrith were that was just a tough win. I thought Newcastle played them quite well, uh, and the scoreline probably flattered Penrith. I, I believe. But there you go. Dogs finally get a W. I think the rule for a lot of people was saying that after six rounds, generally everyone has a win. It's taken one extra week, but they got it. And the Sharks after the week before, putting I thought a really good effort against Newcastle and looking like uh, you know they were going to continue that for the week came out very scrappy uh, obviously bombed a lot of points got very frustrated and yeah how quickly things can change in a week in rugby league that's yeah, for sure exactly for the Bulldog side of things they'll be hoping to ride the lightning there get some confidence some of those younger guys keep building on what they've put in place and hopefully jag another win or two here or there uh, draw obviously plays a bit of a factor in that and what's upcoming hopefully getting a couple more bodies back in but uh, you could see a huge relief on the group and in particular the coach from getting that win, that's for sure. Tackle three. The Tigers situation with Madge. Look, we've had a lot of power wheels on this show in the sense of going heavy uh, into discussion, whether it be a situation like this or a club like the Tigers or the Brisbane situation, all sorts of uh, situations in this regard the last few years. But when that came out yesterday, I think it's just another one of these sadder indictments on the Tigers as a club that people wonder where this comes from and these leaks and this supposed meeting or these issues. Like, it all comes from the club itself and the people in, at the top of the club trying to defend, the, you know, take care of their own backyard, which seems to be a common problem. Yeah. Um, and 
you got to look at it from the outside in now and go, okay, well, you had Pasco in there for five or six years. You've got this board that's changed multiple times who are in control now. You've still got infighting on both sides, which definitely doesn't help anything. They brought Hardigan in from the Roosters, hoping that that would make a point of difference in recruitment. They brought Maguire in, who's won a comp in England, turned south around, won a competition there, and are wondering why players won't come to the club or things aren't working out. Regard like At the end of the day, if you have five coaches in a nine-year cycle, you turn over all these players, you point the finger constantly at the coach because that's the easiest way to go. I think the problem's pretty fucking obvious. It's the club. And a lot of people within the club... What is it, five coaches in nine five years? Five coaches in nine years. And one obviously left on his own accord in Ivan Cleary. Um, but look where how that's The issue worked. with the club is that they make excuses. They blame all, all the things that losing clubs do. Yeah. They point the finger. And everyone tries to blame, defend their own patch they, rather than be accountable. They're worried about their own gig. Yeah, it's... And when it all gets too hard or all said and done... I ran into someone like, from the West Tigers today and he actually said to me, he said, listen, like, your hair's grown back since you left the club. And they're right. Um... They're, they're their own worst enemy. Michael McGuire is not the issue. No, and I think the bigger and thing... The, the bigger question is, is it, okay, go and sack Madge. Who are you getting? Exactly. And are we starting and are they going to fix it? What are they doing? But are we starting who, again? But who wants to go there? That's the point. This is my point about Maguire. They go, and he can't get the players. I'm like, have you ever thought that Madge isn't the problem? No. Or either from previous wasn't the problem? Or the cut? Like, if I'm a player... And that this whole criticism about Hardy, like, he's been there 12 months. Yeah. And just months. because you've come from the Roosters, it's not the Roosters. They're not the Roosters. Just because you bought... It's like... It's the point I made last week about hiring a coach like Fitzgibbon from the Roosters to go to Sharks and saying that guarantees top four. Or when Kearney left Melbourne and that was going to fix... Just because you've taken someone out of a system does not guarantee the results, the culture, yeah. the process of that club or whatever. They got Hardigan from the Roosters and said, you know, he's been over there with Robinson, this, that, and the other. Junior recruitment's great. You go, yeah, he's, he, he's a good operator, a good yeah, person, and he'll do a good job there. When you're at the Roosters, you've got time. the Roosters brand, the Roosters logo, the Roosters coach there backing their reason like it's pretty easy I'm not saying that doesn't mean he's not qualified but it's pretty easy to sell things to players yeah, recruitment they've got when good the development Roosters. coaches there like Wayne Lampkin in the 20s um, Scotty Kenner who's at Balmain in the SG Ball I've had a bit to do with him Yeah, really good coach they, they've got good coaches there and this we heard, horse shit about well we're not developing players ah, that's bullshit that's rubbish and we've been there the, the last the issue, years, the issue is, is they, that lose them. they haven't kept them yeah and this because is what players Players don't want to have all the old dinosaurs from Western Suburbs come down and preach to them about the good old days no. and how we hate Balmain. They don't and know who fucking Western Suburbs are. They don't know any are. of that. They want to see the West Tigers logo. They want to know that there's a pathway and they want to be successful. And the other thing is, and we've seen it because we've been on the front of it, they go to sports eyes or schools that are linked with known quantities. Parramatta, the Roosters, the Dogs, the Panthers, and they brand them and they get in there early. And a lot of them from out that way don't associate with being a magpie or they don't associate with being a Balmain Tiger. They want If they want to go that direction, which is what a lot of people complain about, it's West Tigers. That's the way everything needs to be co-branded, which they've tried to do yep. the last couple of with years. With resistance. And to all the people that might be listening that might be a Balmain Tiger or Western Summers, I understand you hate one another, but for the benefit of what exists of your club left over, your future is West Tigers. You need yep. to buy into what is West Tigers and enjoy what is left of both sides of the joint venture, whether they coexist in the junior side of things. Yep. But we've been there, and it's more to the point you said. We have had good kids. The first year we were there, we blooded 11-year youngs and Harold Matson just missed the finals, and then we come back the next pre-season to find out they've let two or three of them leave, yep. which is something you can't control. And you're like, well... Well, you, this same person I was talking about, uh, Harold Matthews, Harold Matthews' grand final. So Wes 
had a good Harold Matthews group yeah, come good through, group. but they got beat by Manly, who had six West players in the Manly side. Yeah. So that's your issue. No doubt this off-season, not being there anymore, I guarantee that Parramatta and West and everyone will have a look just like they did the other year with us. Canberra yeah. took a couple. Parramatta tried to buy two or three. Manly tried to grab two or three. And our biggest worry come back the next year was, we don't need you to buy anyone. And then they say, why aren't you getting results? You're, like, You're letting go the only kids you do have. The guys that give us a chance. Again, when you don't have any kids at all, or you've got yeah. a bare minimum out of your yeah, comp, I, you can't buy any, you can't develop. Like You're so, wasting your breath because you've got people there who think they know and they don't know. No. Nah. And they've said last night on uh, Watch 360, they said they don't have a plan or a junior path like that. They do. They do. They just let everything leave. Anything that sprouts a green shoot and it comes to competitiveness. Not everything. No, but, but for the most part. They hurt themselves because they don't have... Yeah. But at the same time, like we said, you can't do a Roosters and go buy a group or a track. But like you need to take care of what you do have and yeah. get it through your Every system. Every club does. And for them, unfortunately... There's a lot of holes there where guys do slip out here. There's a few good ones in the pipeline right now that are still a couple of years away, but whether they get to the end of that road, I don't know. Yeah. But as far as the top end is concerned, Madge isn't your problem. People saying, or he talks about a defensive game and they're not defending. There's got to be more accountability on the group. The Ivan Cleary excuse that was thrown out again in terms of who's left over, or there's Packard and Boy. Yes, are they big contracts, but we're year three now. So is the Ivan to blame for Jimmy the Jet being brought in, Joey Lealua getting 600000 Tommy Tarmio Panthers only want to give him one year, a little bit of money. They've paid him two years extra money. He's already not using him. Offhand Gowie, big money. Musgrove, he signed up till 2024. I don't understand. Tukey Simpkins comes down from the Cowboys. He's not playing. They paid Dewey a stack who they let go out of their junior system and brought him back. Like, there's been a lot of contracts signed or guys upgraded or people re-signed since Ivan left. Yes, those two contracts do leave you without some cap space, but it was proved in the off-season that big names generally don't want to go there. They tried for the troll. They tried for a lot of guys, and I'm not blaming that purely on Madge. I'm blaming on the club. The club itself has an unfortunate stank about it, and I don't think it really matters who's got the driving wheel because they never get enough time to turn it around or establish a culture or set things up to a point where people will look at the Tigers, take them seriously, or consider going there. I think guys that are going there right now are either getting money, e.g. a Lua, or getting an opportunity, which was his case, or Jimmy the Jet getting an opportunity. A couple of younger guys who can't get a chance, but they are looking for a quicker way in. Asu Kapoa, uh, you know, a couple of these kind of guys, Tukey Simpson going down there, who are no guarantees, not saying they're not good players, but they're also not going into a greater system where they've come from for a Roosters or a place like that. They're probably going to develop better. Or there's some mid-range guys that they just have to pay heavy overs for. Like Dewey was a solid player at South and did a good job and played multiple positions, but they brought him back on almost seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, he's played fullback, centre. Now he's in the halves, and that's what the plan was. But uh, like, you know, the only real one of value or note the last couple of years you look at and say they've hit a home run so far would be Dan Laurie. Blue looked good in the few games he's got, but he's been injury prone so far and hasn't really been able to stay on the field. But for the most part, like we said, the issue here is not just the coach. No, I agree. That's not. The issue here. Um, how do you fix it? Well, they have to make one or, one of two decisions. They're either in for the long haul, which they extend him for two more years, and they give him a chance to keep trying to work through it, or they bring somebody else in and this starts all over again. Yeah, the player, the, player, the roster's not going to change. So the problem is your roster. You don't have good key position players. Dane Laurie's about the best you've got. You don't have a stable six. You don't have a stable seven. You don't have a stable nine. Simple as that. No. And your front rollers aren't world beaters. 
and your centres are two guys you've overpaid for that aren't performing. So simple as that. And again, that problem occurs again next year. They've got club options on both, and at this point in time, you wouldn't be taking up on either of them. No way. So you need to go back into the market. But again, I know you need results, and you put some of that on the coach, but the club itself needs to stop leaking like a sieve, tighten up, be a bit more supportive, and some of the players need to play better and take some accountability to get it to a point where players will look at the club and say, you know what, I will go play for the Tigers. They need a better leadership. But it's going to take more than 12 months to turn that around. Yeah. Um, And again, he's only just sort of sifted through, as we spoke about, some of the Ivan contracts and restructuring things and you're just getting to a point where you've almost made your way through the majority of it and you're talking about cutting the head off a snake again. Yeah, done. So if that was to happen... Do it. They talked about a Flanagan or something the other day. If I'm Flanagan, that's the last fucking job I'm taking. And that's what I was saying to some people today. Like, like you're that, also assuming that these coaches these want to go want the there. Job. Like Madge, I think... He was in the running for Brisbane. He had the Newcastle... Oh, sorry, not the Cruise. He was in the New Zealand job. I think he could have got another opportunity somewhere else if he waited. But I think he's just that sort of bloke. We know we've met him. He's very intense. Yeah. Him sitting on his hands for the year or so that he did would have driven him up the wall. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Like I'm not saying that he just would have taken any job he could have got, but I think he would have been that keen to get back in there and just rip, tear, and bust that as soon as that popped up, he would have just thought, fucking bring it on. Let's go. I'm going to fix this place. Yeah. But he's encountering, probably realised now that there's a lot more snakes and ladders going on at the West Tigers than there is at a very stable and strong club like South Sydney. Correct. Or being from Melbourne previously or his time at Wigan. Um, we talk about a Morris who did a good job at the Sharks, but again, even if I'm him, he's not made for this job and that's not a direction you'd be going for a club like that. And what else is available? No. There's not a whole lot else available. If you're a young assistant for the first time, you're going to do the same thing, two or three year rebuild, when you're not getting results in 12 to 18 months, you'll be spoken about, the leaks will come out, and then you're back on the chopping block. Correct. So I don't know if it turns around. I don't know if the results get any better, but he's only just made his way through another one of these periods where we'd say is a rebuild. They have to see out this year. And I think they have to give him... See, he's given him two years? Yeah. But they've already brought up the magic uh, exit clause for they're 600k. Pay, to, him, yeah. But I just, again, I don't know who yeah, wants that job. Or who scroll, we've spoken about so, this way too long. Yeah. Tackle four, the Cowboys. Rough start, but three in a row now. Two brand new halves on board, and the wheels seem to be in motion for a bit of a changeover. So, wasn't expecting this a few weeks ago with the way things were going. Mm. Uh, but they've ground out a couple of uh, tough wins. Last week was scrap against the Bulldogs and let them back in and had a bit of a scare, but finished the job off. A couple of changes in the lineup, and then the week just gone down to Canberra. Not looking too crash shot coming in half time. Jag, a late try, fight their way back and steal that against someone who's potentially considered a, a top four side or at least a final side. Tad Townsend during the week, three year deal, veteran, solid organiser, someone who you know you're going to get every week. He's not obviously a world beater, but given what they've got there right now, they're looking for someone stable, steady, old head to, to lead. Tommy Dearden, confirmed out of Brisbane, someone you can pair up with. Getting to teach, I don't necessarily know, listening to Todd Payton, they're still talking about drink water, whether Townsend and did and necessarily play together. But I think they're certainly setting a pathway there to try and build future success. They had Thurston talking to him, the lead up, they're bringing an older guy like that. It really seems like they want to invest time in him, whether it's straight away or in 12 months, to be successful. Um, if drink water doesn't go there, you'd assume they probably would be the halves pairing next year and play together. But it's uh, a lot going on there in a short space of time. Yeah, there is. It's good. They're uh, turning some players over and trying to patch some holes mm-hmm. and playing better. 
And you see so more. They, they look better. Like yeah. Ben Condon, good one through their junior system. Three games now starting, three tries. I think getting Hess into the front row and basically making him work and earn a little bit is working out well. He's seen a little bit of spark out of Granville that we haven't seen in a while. Holmes is back at fullback now. He's obviously made him work for that, which has worked out pretty well. Um, there's just been some small things, I guess. Yeah. And he's starting to slowly get a bit of a response and a buy-in. A bit of changeover with some of their kids. That's a big focus for him. Griffin Neem is one I think they've upgraded just recently. They're top 30. They've got some other guys on the fringe there. Um, said they're actively, obviously, looking for another middle and an edge back row. So they're getting busy. That's good. And again, with wins comes some confidence. That They're looking a more confident side. But some people criticise the move. What did you think about the move for Townsend and Dean? Yeah, I like it. I think they need to keep drink water. I'll be, I'll be trying to keep drink water, but... Yeah, they're two good young hearts. I think Dearden's just been shattered on at Brisbane. And Townsend's solid. You know what Townsend can do? Mm. He's going to be the, the steering wheel and Dearden will be the guy that will develop and they'll hope will turn into a superstar. I know a lot of them have said, I don't see how they can play together. I, I don't. I think Tom can run aside, but I also look at Tom and he seems opportunistic in the little chances he gets at Brisbane to run the football or be that guy second fiddle off there. So I think playing with someone like a Chad Townsend, if you took the pressure off him, I think it could work for him. I don't necessarily think that has to be the partnership, but everyone's saying that they're both dominating sevens and they have to be on the ball and they have to be running the side. I think Tom could easily play second field with someone like Chad if that's the direction they went with. But they clearly haven't given up hope on Drinkwater. I think the case by the sounds of things is they don't want to pay a stack for Drinkwater seeing he's been up and down like a fiddler's elbow. And he's probably not going to be the answer at fullback if he's got Holmes there starting to play some better football and getting back into rugby league shape and rugby league condition and playing that way. So... If that was the case, he might end up being development for another 12 months, but he's still only a young bloke. Yeah. But they've invested in for three years. They've clearly spoke to him about it. He'd know the situation. He wouldn't be coming there, you know, to any false pretenses or thinking he's guaranteed a jersey, but they clearly see him as a long-term option for the club, and they've got someone out of the top of him, and the way they've done it, I think, is pretty smart. Money-wise for Deirdre, it didn't seem too bad either. From what they were initially talking for a few clubs, and Brisbane apparently losing interest. I think they said they got him three years, 1.1. Yeah. So mid threes for you know someone who's been in a hard situation, but he's still got plenty of time. The Chad one was conflicting. Some people were saying he was getting eight hundred thousand a year. I didn't hear that. I heard three years, two million. So you're talking about six fifty a season. Still probably seems high for someone like a Chad Townsend. But the situation they're in, what he brings, at least you know he's going to be consistent. But we can say that for a lot of halves in the market, the halves market's overinflated massively. Mm. There's a lot of guys out there on eight fifty nine hundred who certainly aren't worth it. So, if you have limited supply, supply and demand, correct, your price tag goes up. And um, he addressed it with Fitzgibbon, who was clearly happy for him to move on. I might have said if you take the option for next year, it's not saying you won't play, but we're not going to offer you something on top of that without seeing you play next year. So he probably looked at this and thought, all right, well this guarantees my future. Head to the situation and we see how things go. Yeah, but. Tackle five, we speak of the Broncos and uh, after seeing some really good signs the week before and hoping that they would carry that into this week, uh, straight back down to earth. Big loss and a lot of the good signs we sort of saw, we saw maybe for the first 20, 25 minutes, I think. They made that error off the kickoff, which wasn't great. They conceded the first set, which was horrible, but they fought back. They got some repeat sets. Pangai Jr. got that try and I thought, okay, maybe they're going to be up for it again against the big dog for two weeks in a row and at the back end of the half. They got fucking they destroyed. Just melted. They leak and they... Absolutely melted yeah. and it just... It fell apart. They were like an ice cream cone in a five-year-old's hand. There was yeah. shit going everywhere. Their right-hand side got absolutely gutted and the crazier part looking at that compared to last week, 
just so passive. There was no aggression to come out and try and solve it. Leonor passes, they were either disconnected, passive, got passed around, got played through. Like just watching that edge, I was like, They're I bad do They're not bad know what's going on, but. There were so many good signs out of last week, and the only thing you would have thought of, and again, seeing Kerry blowing up at the end of the game, was you'd get that effort again, and they just dropped straight back from a 9 out of 10 to the throw. When um, we spoke about it, the way he started off wasn't genuine to what he was. Like you said, he's an emotional coach. He's got an attachment to the club. He cares deeply about it, and that's sort of the angle he should try to play. And He put that on full display at the end when he had the jersey in his hand and basically said it, it needs to mean more. It's not just good enough to want to fucking play NRL like, you need to want to be a Bronco. You need yeah. to want to wear this jersey if you, you know, and I guess in time, and I said this to you last week, the high emotion, and we, we talked about this when he took the job compared to the origin thing, we saw how hard he rode that. Is it going to last in the NRL? Will it see through a two or three year process or a rebuild? Like, it, you can only get so much out of blow ups and emotion and attachment because this generation is different. Some of these guys aren't, it's not like it used to be. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't work. But I, I do worry, uh, like he needs to stick to what his strength is. I completely agree with that. But I do worry that if it gets to him, it'll wear thin on the group. Um, and then a lot of people have always also brought up the obvious. On the weekend, if you're Brisbane, you'd be just banging your head on the table looking at some of the players that have come out of your area that are playing elsewhere. Oh, so yeah. Sam Walker completely missed at the Roosters, wins man of the match. You've got Fafita, who they obviously tried to do everything to keep, but he's obviously... Headed up to the Gold Coast, scores a hat-trick, playing some pretty good football. Dearden, who they had some hopes in, who apparently they wanted to let go in the end. I don't think it really mattered if they wanted to keep him. I think he was always going to be heading somewhere else. Staggs has been saying for weeks that they've got him done deal, done deal. It's going to be done this week. It's not done. There's links to Sydney again. A lot of talk that he'll be at Parramatta. Some say they pulled that off for this week. Others are saying that's not the case. Um, you know They overpaid to keep Pierre Cora, which we talked about when the Bulldogs were in for him. Xavier Coates still hasn't signed on the dotted line. Interest from Melbourne, the Cowboys, etc. Um, yeah. It's concerning. So, for Kevin's sake, uh, I hope the effort turns around this week. But that emotion, like we said, and generally who he is, it needs to come through. But it's just hard to see if that's going to last if things keep going the way they are. No, the season's a write-off. So. They need to – it's it's a cap year. Work out who yeah. you want to keep. And that's the big thing. Do your best to keep them and then work out your cap. Because they've got some money there. Obviously, now it's pretty much been decided. Dearden's out of the picture. I think Croft is they've not long term. Who? Brody Croft. No. Is he off at the end of this year? I think he's got another year to go, still in the deal that he originally yeah. got. So he got him one more year. Milford, they'll more than likely move on from. So it's almost a clean slate in the halves. But mm. who they get, I guess, is a big part moving forward. Yeah. Keeping some of those forwards that they've got, if they can keep one or two of those outside backs. It's all good to clear them, but you've got to have someone. To come in that's better. And then even Walsh on the weekend, like how he wasn't considered somewhere in their top 30. That's Unbelievable. The raps on him were well before this 12 months and he was only on a development oh, deal. And... Shock when he ran out and played that well um, to think that he couldn't get a run there. I know if he's, he's development or whatever, but. Yeah, but they need to see that to go. And upgrade like, him. You yeah. know, and you look at Azaka at the moment. You've seen two or three years of Azaka and now, like clearly, surely you would have seen something. And. I watched one of the trials that they played. I know it was, it was only a cup team against winning, but he absolutely shredded the trial compared to yeah. the guys that were regular first graders and thought, are you not seeing anything here that makes you think maybe we should put him in the top 30 at least to secure his future? Yeah. And then the Warriors come out in the worst possible situation. They have Roger Tuivasa-Shek and 
Anzac Day down and somebody where you're like, okay, maybe maybe not in the twelve months. He's not Roger, but long term, it's a pretty bloody good replacement. That's right. So, tackle six to finish us off the halves merry-go-round. We talked about it. Two have landed. You've got the Cowboys situation looking uh, a lot more secure, given the players they've brought on board. Brisbane now basically rudderless without any sort of direction. We think they're going to move on from almost anyone. The talk coming out of there was that they're basically interested in every big name now. Reynolds, Johnson, Moses, who would they be able to get up there? The Moses thing was floated. There was a worry, though, from a lot of people, maybe more so externally, that you know he's a flat-track bully. Things need to go well. He needs to play on a good side. We saw at the Tigers when he was frustrated and things were going bad. He's got a good blow up with him. Could he handle the pressure of being a Broncos halfback? I think and Johnson, similar situation, carried the burden there for the Warriors for a long time, which didn't work out the best. We probably saw his best football last year when he wasn't so heavily relied on. It had a bit more help around him or less yeah. limelight being at Cronulla. Could he handle that at his age right now off the back of a massive Achilles injury? Reynolds apparently doesn't want to leave Sydney. And again, I think even if they broke the bank without Wayne or someone being there, I couldn't see him making that type of move. So I think their options are are few and far between for the Broncos, which is concern. The Cronulla situation we spoke of last week, there's been more than enough mail from behind the scenes now that Craig Fitzgibbon wants Johnson to be a part of it, to be number six and play second fiddle to Adam Reynolds. So if they got Adam Reynolds over there, that's the combo we'd be looking for. That would put Moylan on the outer. They've also got two good younger halves. Yeah, tra- Moylan hasn't played well enough, and he's injury prone. Mm, so that's the way he'd be looking at it. The Eels situation with Moses, they've gotten to around 10 for him to activate an option. They're also working through an extension. I think he's looking for more years than they're willing to give, but the football he's been playing right now, apparently they're starting to consider going further than just the one year on top of the club option. If you were Parramatta, what, what would your thought be there? If he extended himself with with his option for 22 Yeah. One year on top, 23, is that as far as you'd be willing to go? I'd be happy with that. Yep. Well, I think they're looking to push him. Parramatta have surely seen enough to know whether they want to keep him or not. And that's where I'm at. Like, from what you've seen so far... I'd be keeping him. Him with Brown. Because, again, who's coming in? If If it's not him, who? He takes the one year you've got to negotiate again. So, can you push for two years on top? Are you happy to go three more years? Like, But, yeah, unless you think... When's the next TV deal come in? Oh, Two or three years? I can't even remember when we a did that. A lot of them were just that. Last year, I think it's three years, isn't it, the next mm. one, or the one that triggers. So I think that'll get sorted out. Souths, we all know, it's the same merry-go-round. A lot of people are talking about Benji and his performance on the weekend, plugging him in for another year to help while they get those young guys up to scratch. Yeah. If that would be an option, would Reynolds consider staying again? Will they come back to the table later on? We don't know. That's just going to keep going around until it's all sorted. Titans and the Taylor situation. We talked about that last week and Fogarty have one more year. I don't know if they're linked to anyone. There's been nothing thrown up as of yet. So don't know what to make out. Yeah. I'd in that sense trade of him things. In for a Macca Serviette. But um, yeah, the Cowboys seem to be one of the only ones really sorted. And on the Dragon side of things, a lot of people have brought up Norman. I think they're talking to Norman a possible one year, but a lot less money than what he's on right now. Mm. Um, but for them, and we've spoken about this before, they should be feeling pretty comfortable about the situation. I don't know Hunt hasn't delivered probably on the value, but if he comes back and plays as well as he did those first few weeks, what's coming through their system is quite good. Jaden yeah. Sullivan, you've only seen a game or two off, but he's a baby. He's a real, really good half. Junior Amono just did a full preseason, dropped all the way back from NRL to SG Balls, playing in the grand final this weekend again with the Steelers, who have been really, really good the last few years. He's been scoring doubles and hat-tricks every single week. He's been named in the 21 for the NRL this week, after the grand final. Mm. So I think for their side of things... 
Norman would have to continue to play decent football and it'd have to be the right price. Yeah. And for them, I, I don't think they're not the ones in need there. I think Corey has to be motivated and be on board and go, all right, I'm happy to play football. Yeah, it's an absolute so circus. That one's just, Mayhem with all these half coming off. Yeah, so many. And there's guys under that sort of level like Trindle and Tracy at Sharks. Are they looking for an opportunity um, yeah. to go elsewhere? Milford, is anyone going to be interested to get him on board? Can he come to Sydney? Like, would that be an option next year maybe with Wayne Bennett, even though he's leaving South, would he lead him into Demetrio and South for a chance to revive his guy? I don't know. There's, yeah. there's going to be a shitload more movement to come, but there is a lot of halves off. And like I said, there's a lot of under guys who are young up-and-comers waiting for an opportunity. There's there's a lot. But that's just some of the news again around one of those big positions that have been brought up this week. So yeah. the Cronulla one's probably the biggest news that most people grabbed onto here and that Fitzgibbon apparently wants Reynolds there with Johnson and could they sort that deal out? Because Johnson obviously was looking for a substantial offer. Um, I think they basically come back with half the money. Good. And a year to basically say, prove it, stay here, and if we can get things going, we'll talk later. Yeah. So, pressure's on Johnson to deliver in that situation. But, power rankings for another week now as we get off our set of six brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. And uh, they say defence is the best offence. So, what defence have you got in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills? Penrith Solar Centre are Western Sydney's leading solar specialist. And whilst you have little control over your team's outcome, the team at PSC are devoted to giving you control back of your bills. Let the sun work for you, your home, and your back pocket. Save thousands a year, and it could be the difference between good or great tickets to watch the NRL Grand Final. Contact the Penrith Solar Centre team today on 1800-20-2930 so they can make you the real winners this season or go to www.penrithsolar.com.au. Number one, the Penny Panthers. Yep. No rocket science there. Number two, who have you got? Parramatta Seal. All right. Well, I've got South Sydney still sitting at two. Uh, number three. Yeah, South. I've got the Melbourne Storm sitting at three. Number four. Uh, Storm. I've got Parramatta at four. Number five. Roosters. Yep, straightforward. These last three are probably the interesting one. Who you got at six? Uh, that's a good question. I've left the Dragons because they beat Para. I know the weekend wasn't crash hot, and they did win four in a row. Um, hard, but again, everyone under them's just started to win, got three or two wins. It's, it's a bit of a logjam. Yeah. So I've given them leeway. It wasn't a great result, but I left them at six. Seven, yeah. Manly. Yeah, Manly. Come flying up the rear. couple of good results in a row. The Titans won completely unexpected. Smashed the Tigers. Again, I think the Tigers were just as much responsible as what Manly were. They were fucking abhorrent. Yeah. Um, and the Warriors one was a tough win, but really interested to see them play the Panthers this weekend. Yeah. We get a real good gauge where they're at, so I've got them at seven. The number eight, you could have absolutely flipped a coin here. Um, you've got Titans, Warriors, Canberra, Cowboys, Newcastle, all... I'm going Newcastle. ...glued together, but yeah, I was going to say, I think Newcastle... Newcastle played Penrith well. Um, considering, you know, who they played. I think, you know, you've got to give some credit to the Cowboys, racking up three in a row. Raiders are definitely out of the mix at the moment. They've completely... Got to have a, a bit of soul searching, boys. And a hard look in yeah. the mirror. Jared Croker being arrested this weekend, same as Papali. Arrested, hey? Oh, arrested, inverted commas. Well, last week there was some chopping and changing to get a bit of spark. Mate, Jared Croker should just hang him up. But, yeah, there's some soul searching that needs to be done over there. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to give some credit to the Warriors again. I know they got towed up on the weekend, but being over here, the injuries they've had, some of the reshuffles, like to jag a result like they did last week, I know it wasn't great on the weekend, but. Uh, it certainly hasn't been an easy 18 months, that's for sure. Yeah. 
But there you go. Power rankings brought to you by Penrith Centre. Reviews of the games from the weekend. Panthers, Knights, you attended. What was your thoughts? I thought Newcastle played well. Penrith were... Probably didn't cash in and put the game away as quickly as what they would have liked, but Newcastle frustrated them. Newcastle completed. They kicked. They niggled. They tackled well. They they, they did everything they possibly could to, to beat Penrith. Penrith skipped away early, uh, but I thought for, you know, the middle, probably 50 minutes of the game, Newcastle were really, really good. So I'll take a lot away away from that game. Penrith, Penrith were okay, and, and they've probably been okay now for the last two or three weeks. They, they really got up for the Raiders game, and then I guess they've sort of dipped a little, you know, their past two, but that's going to happen during a season, And but they're good enough to win. Yeah, and uh, watching from home, I thought Newcastle, similar to you, very tough, did their best, held on. I thought Penrith were all over them. Um, I thought Penrith were a bit impatient, wanted to score for every play. Anytime they seemed to get a half break or bust them up, the football was just flying left, right, centre. Yeah. Uh, I thought that sort of probably favoured Newcastle a little bit, but I will give them a wrap. Despite the barrage, they fought up until the back end of the game. Yeah, they were great. There was a few little moments, but I think they're really lacking at the moment. They've had injuries. They've had changes early on. Blake Green, you can see he's well underdone. I thought he was pretty poor on the night. Um, you come off an ACL at that age after a lot of time playing football. It's going to take some weeks to he, get mate, He's in the team to kick. Yeah, you're going to get your that's, confidence back. That's all he was doing. Um, and off the back of that, obviously, it limits what Braley can do out of dummy half, but I thought they were pretty one-dimensional. They ran, they kicked, they... They did. Held they on just for as long as they could. I thought Ponga did quite well considering the pressure was under. He played a pretty good game of football. Yeah. The moment for Toa was a nice moment when he just leveled Edwards off that line break they got from Man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the joy was few and far between. Penrith, when they held the football and things stuck, looked like they could have scored a thousand points. Yeah. Um, Crichton early on, pushing his way through, bullying to get the ball. The ball for Burton off Luai looked a little forward, I must admit, live, but it was a nice line clean through. Um, in the back end of the game, obviously, they, they banked a couple after Newcastle scrapped and fought to save a few. But uh, overall, awesome team effort. 13 players over 100 metres for the Panthers. The scrum play with Yo Edwards, I really like. The Fish, he's the closest thing to a human Terminator. Fuck, I love that bloke. Machine. And I had this there's, argument. There's a significant drop-off when he's not on the field. Oh, I had, a, I had an argument with a bloke this week, but he said, like, who you could buy a front row right now in the comp. Who's the best front row? I said, Fish. Yeah. And he said, what about Papali? I'm like, fish, please. That's not an argument. He's like, yeah. what? I said, do you fucking watch the fish every week? Yeah. Fish is the same guy week in, week out. Yeah, I think probably Junior Paulo would have us too. Well, that's the thing. He was bringing up all these names. He brought up Paulo. Anyone, he's like, every, fish, fish or yeah, I'm, I'm taking like, fish, fish every day Fish week. right now, to me, he's just, he's an absolute stud. Yeah. Both sides of the ball. He's just an absolute workhorse. The supports are underrated. His physicality is a scary human being. Fit as hell. Mobile. Um, yeah. Maybe he doesn't have as many 10 out of 10 games or some of the flashier plays that the others do, but you want to talk about the whole package rolled into one and all aspects of the front row game. He, right now, to me, he's the benchmark. So him, Toto, 300-plus metres. He's just been absolutely ridiculous this year Yeah. Uh, with the work he does in the back end and a good return for Edwards and a lot of guys, as usual, chipped in. For Newcastle, like I said, Ponga uh, on the back foot, pretty good. couple of the forwards were okay. Best was pretty decent on return, but uh, Penrith just roll on, and Newcastle hopefully get some troops back the next few weeks. South Titans, what did you think about that one? Your mob, 
good yeah, we start. Well, good first half. Second half, we just gave them all the footy and had some injuries and guys out of position and South just blew our doors off. Mm. It was a strange, strange game. It's amazing really what happens game. when South Sydney held the football, though, isn't it? It's not rocket science. Yeah, well, they did it for a little patch in the first half and scored back-to-back tries. And mm. I think the second half they didn't make an error. There you go. So seventeen from seventeen with that the helps. extra possession. Set starts and you guys obviously not having the football um, shows what they're like when they hold the football. Yeah. I guess when you play that style, and we saw it when they played Penner from that prelim last year, risking it to get the biscuit. When they get loose and the ball starts hitting the ground, they can put themselves under pressure. See us, they're not the best defensive unit. And you guys obviously capitalised on that in the first half when they were low completions and Fafita just made them look like 12-year-olds yeah. again. Scored a hat-trick, absolutely incredible. The Titan shot they scored just before half-time was unbelievable. Oh, the long shift? Yeah. That was a corker. Yeah. There were some good tries in this game. Yeah, it was a good game of footy to watch. From a neutral perspective. But you can yeah. you concede 40 yeah. two weeks in a row. And even for Souths, if you're a premiership contender conceding 30. Premiership. Well, premiership, if you want to win a comp against Melbourne or these teams at the back end of the Can't year or like against like Penrith, you can have that firepower, but you need to be more disciplined with the ball and you've got to be better defensively. Yeah. Um, but their reshuffle worked out very, very well. Benji wound back the clock. Had some really good moments. The flip pass was a corker. Mm. Uh, he definitely inserted himself. Walker shuffled to the back. I'm not sure he's a fullback or a walker. He struggled. Yeah, I think... Had a couple of good takes, but yeah, he looked he looked out of position. Mm. Well, I guess he's probably just thinking, who's one of my better runners? How do I get Benji in the game? Yeah. So I'm balancing so he doesn't have the trail, but yeah. yeah I no, th- I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But I guess yeah, that, he that'll probably... Because when you put Johnson there, Johnson really doesn't offer the ball-playing side of things. You obviously get to speed yeah, stuff. Walker... So. It takes away from his running game with the ball. Mm. Well, I, I think an ability to open up space for other people. Probably still lean that way, I guess, for the next few weeks. But uh, for them, I think they'd be happy considering the way they started. That they had to dig themselves out of the trouble. But the second half was massive. 17 for 17, all that extra possession, hold the football. They just look a completely different side. And if a hold broke again, good start, but disappointing to concede 36 and then 40 with a 24 10 lead. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And without Tino for feeder, obviously. A lot of people were saying, well, he went completely missing in the second half. Again, when you're an edge back rower. No possession. It's it's very hard with that possession or a good ball. I'm not saying you can't go in and take a dirty carry or try and have some impact on the game, but when all they've done is defend and they're on the back foot, yeah, it is pretty hard to, to make an impact on the game. So uh, on that side of things, good win for South. And uh, like we said, Benji Marshall had a, a bit of a day out, rolled the clock back. So interesting to see how that's going to pan out next year and what he ends up doing. Eels Broncos, 46-6. This is summed up in the first two sets. Drop off the kickoff, four plays to score. Uh, They had that little patch there where they got four or five sets, showed some resilience, got a try with Pangai Jr. The back end of that half, like I said, they melted like a five-year-old's ice cream. It was all over their arm. Their left edge was just abhorrent. They got torn up the guts as well, though, which obviously leads to more space. But the indecision, the lack of a great... Like, if, if you're on the back foot and a team's got numbers... Come in, try to make him make a decision, land on the passes, make him kick him behind, just make him come up with something. They were passive, they were disconnected, they got ran through or passed around the whole night. And when you teach edge defense in particular, if there's one thing you don't want to see happen is don't let them play through us and don't let them play around us. And both of those things happened mm. numerous times. Seven tries down that edge. Yeah. Boys versus men. Yeah, completely dominated. And for Parramatta, if you're Brad Arthur, I guess the upside here. He was able to roll Carter, uh, Cardi in. He got some confidence. He absolutely carved them up. And that stint he got, deployed him on the edge, pushed yeah. Parr in the middle. Oregon got big minutes. He tore him up, scored a try, had some good offloads, made a real good impact. 
your regulars were very, very good. Moses, Guff, Brown coming back in, linked up, dominated, got ripped into that left side. And we spoke about it for weeks now. Obviously, this probably wasn't the game to highlight it, but they've really tightened up defensively on their edges since they've had Opacek and Murata. Um, the talk about yeah, Wanga coming back in for me is just a non-event. Wanga Blake goes back to cup until one of these guys does something wrong. Mm. He's rocks and diamonds. What he does good once every four weeks doesn't make up for how solid and sound to me they've been defensively on the edges and the work they get out of those guys in yardage too, yeah. having two bigger bodies. Like Opacek is almost more like a back row like a Neocore, but they're mobile enough to defend that spot. No one's been able to burn them yet. They're stronger defensively and you get a good carry. So yeah. uh, all around... You could highlight 100 players. They absolutely smashed the Broncos. The only real Bronco that stood out uh, was the man under the most duress, dealing with Ramadan and having to fast. Haas was huge. But they need a lot more than Haas. Yeah. So, They're in dire straits. Another, uh, another poor day if you're a Brisbane Bronco fan, unfortunately. Dog Sharkies, 18-12, and we said this before. Real goody result. And a great one for a lot of those young guys and a bit of relief for the coach and the group. What do you think? Mm. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It was, yeah, it was just an interesting old game, wasn't it? What did you, um, what did you make of it? I thought the Sharks were very scrappy. Dogs were resilient. Disconnected. Tough. They definitely defended well, especially goal line. But six or seven tries. Like, Ramey looked like he scored two or three times, couldn't get over. Those moves that they usually get on the shifts that look so slick and good the last few So does it come back to Sharks' lack of execution or scramble? Probably a little bit of both. Sharks looked off. Like, they didn't look as on and as fluent as what they even were the the previous week against Newcastle. So they're in a tough little spot, the Sharks, like with the John Morris stuff going on and then now a couple of close losses. It's um, a difficult position for them. Mm. And I think, like, all the Bulldog stuff was just effort, like the kick contest try. Yeah. The Will Hopper wide ones. I thought the like their middles were strong. Oh, yeah. I think they definitely ripped in. Napa finally had one of those games yeah, that we haven't good. seen for a few years. Thompson's been good on return. Thompson's a gun. Um, they just they really ripped in and did what you've kind of seen in the past few years when they haven't had the points or they haven't been yeah. scrappy. It seems the first few rounds with. When you saw the best out of Nick Meany, like, Meany was able to play in some space and um, I thought thought Nick Meany was really, really, really good. Mm. I guess the big thing, again, grabbing those couple of effort tries, which they didn't scrap on their way to there, and then saving six or seven makes a hell of a difference. And Big time. Last play of the game probably sums it up. Trindle got close again to going in. Yeah. Raven went multiple times. They just kept turning up. So uh, hopefully they get some confidence. On the back of that result, it unfortunately doesn't get any better this week. You'd think the, the week before against the Cowboys was a good chance, but they got the Eels this coming week. So uh, not ideal, but again, hopefully they get some confidence out of that. But for Cronulla, 
uh, one of those ones where Johnson came straight back into the fold. That was a lot to expect of him off an Achilles injury. That's yeah. not something you just come back and set the world alight. Moylan was apparently out with a quad strain. They've at least had some cohesion between those three, but you could definitely see uh, a bit of lack of, you know, cohesion in that sort of group. Big time. Um, and a lot of frustration as the game went on. They certainly let the poison sink in as the penalties and the errors racked up and the missed opportunities and get taken over the sidelines and the scramble effort. It really, really got to them. So, yep. back to the drawing board for them. And similar deal this week. Definitely doesn't get any easier. They're going to play Melbourne. So, good luck. Uh, yeah, that's a tough ask off the back of your a loss like that. Cowboys Raiders. Well, what do you say? Oh, Ricky. The frustration, six. the frustration starting to set in and an error on half-time leads to an opportunity. Condon gets over, three and three. He's having a good start, the young back row. Yeah. Um, and the second half, just... Well, you're losing, week. you find a way to lose. It's sort of two-way. We, we all look back and refer to what's been there, but it's not there right now. That defensive resolve that we just have not associated with Canberra for years that popped up for the grand final, it, it stayed last year. Yeah. To an extent, but this year it's certainly not there. They are not defending anywhere near to the extent they were before. They do not have the tenacity, the line speed, the extra effort, the scramble. And I know Michael Innes pointed to the John Bateman being a big part of it, but let's be honest, John Bateman was barely playing last year to the back end of the season. And even when he came back, like he made a, a, a bit of a difference, but it takes more than one person to lead a defensive attitude and a group attitude. They've had that mentality the last couple of years, and right there, Right now, there's a lot of guys looking for the easy way out. And I don't know whether they've got comfortable on the back end of having some success and being rated as one of those teams and guys getting some rep jerseys and some accolades and it's kind of getting back to the way it unfortunately was for a while there where some guys were just comfortable being first graders. But he tried to get a response this week and it hasn't worked. And their attack didn't improve as much as I would have hoped. I thought Hodgson going out would have freed things up a little bit. Oh, it did. But they weren't able to maintain it across uh, 80 minutes. And they just found a way to lose. Particularly defensively is the big issue. The attack's one thing I thought they'd solve, but I didn't think the defense would unravel as fast as what it has. Some of the basic fundamental errors they're making as well. They're just in a losing cycle. They don't know how to win at the moment. And they're trying, probably trying too hard, and their efforts just being pointed in the wrong areas. They, they need to really front load what they're doing and start off the game really, really strong and then front load their second half. Make sure that they've, they've got a real mindset to start that second half with a jump because the way they started the second half on, on the weekend was diabolical and they just never recovered. And literally conceding with 30 seconds left is the worst possible way to yeah. hit the sheds. You think going in on a high and then no second half points, was it? No. It's 24 6, yeah, so they didn't, they didn't yeah. score another point. Yeah. But yeah, they're. they're I've brought up a few times, it was the old line, as I said, for one of my coaches, that we've got to do some soul searching, boys. He was actually at Canberra, but they legit need to do some soul searching because there's been some changes, no, there's been some guys. They're, they've got enough good players there. Oh, need to, I get that, but it's not clearly, it's clearly an attitude and... thing, though. There's a few people that need to pull their finger out. It's a yeah. team sport. Uh, attitude or anxiety, like they look anxious, they look worried. I'm not hitting the panic button just yet, but when you want to get a response and you flick a lot of guys and they've got some people there resting in brackets this mm. week trying to get a response, if if it doesn't turn around the next two or three weeks and you're chopping and changing blokes to get that response, then I'd start to be worried. Yeah. Um, because this is what we thought, or especially me, was going to be a very, very well-established group of veterans with a good pair of halves who grew last year. 
Hodgson hopefully melding back into the mix. A couple of good backups at nine. They've got halves depth. They've got one of the most deep forward packs. Some people said the other day, like, for Croker's performance or outside backs, they don't have any depth. They've got three of the better young kids who have came through. Yeah. Harley Smith-Shields has only got a couple opportunities. He's been very good through all the grades. Matt Tomoko plays center or wing. He's been good throughout the grades. They've got a couple options there if they really wanted to get somebody in and out for a week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly not panning out how many would have thought. But for the Cowboys, good times. He's got a response. He's shuffled things around. He's had some injuries as well. Um, some of the young blood, like we said, coming in, playing quite well. Condon's really taking advantage of playing that edge. Robson's playing some better football now. They're going forward. Burr, seeing some opportunities. Dropping Molo back to the bench, sparked him up. Granville sparked up. Holmes starting to look sharp at the back. Torlagi's taking advantage of his chances. And even Drinkwater the last few weeks is starting to find some confidence in some of those moments. I think for him, similar to what we've spoken about before, you, you want more than just moments, though. You want a consistent 80 minutes. So. Mm. Some good signs there for, uh, for the Cowboys to go along with some of the signings they've made uh, the last few weeks. Manly Tigers, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one except the start. Yeah. Tigers were in it until oh. they had the Nofaluma try disallowed in the left-hand corner. Possession. Got done for an obstruction. It would have been 12 or at least 10 nil Tigers, mm. and then they leaked no two resilience. good tries. No resilience at all. And that was it. They just folded up like a deck chair. Well, they considered three and five minutes, and it was... And they were all through the middle of the field. Two of them were Zane Musgrove. Schuster, misses. ball on the ground, picks it up. Yeah, beats Musgrove, tip back in. Tommy drifts across, bursts straight through. I think it was Cheekham and somebody else. It was Musgrove. Just fell off. Come back to the middle again, straight back through. Uh, second half, it just it was no, no better. And the one that really got me was... Tommy, I think, going through again. They made a tackle on Olika Artu, who played a good game, but they've taken the laziest option possible. There was three middles in. They won the ruck. One who was Leilua, I don't think, got back up, retreats to the short side. Yeah. Two markers on a 10-metre tram. They had six bodies in the 10-metre corridor on the short side for two guys. Mm. And then when Tom takes that carry back to the middle, finds Imbai and Brooks, and just a hell of a lot of... I'm like, that, that right there just sums up the attitude, and that's not the coach. Yeah, That's the group. Six guys hiding on a short side on play three coming out of their own half. That's just not acceptable. Yeah. And it didn't get any better as the game went on. They just absolutely tore the arms off them like Goro from combat and beat the shit out of them. Yep. Um, and probably what stings even more, people always talk about, we had that guy, we let that guy go. Paseca was their junior, mm. one of their best 20s players. They didn't want to give him a run. He went to Manly. Tapau they had at one point, obviously a signing from the Bulldogs, left the club. Aloe, who left this year, so it was basically a cast of Tigers forwards running up against their old team. Yeah. Which uh, doesn't feel that good. But again, uh, I know a lot of plaudits went to Tommy and he did have an absolutely outstanding game, but there's been a turnaround just in general. It could be off the back of him obviously being a big part of it. I'm not denying that, but none of that stuff happens without the input of your forward pack. And I thought their forward pack was good again. Really laid a platform. The, The addition of having a body like Schuster go onto that edge alongside a foreign who's probably not physically as great anymore, but a guy that's not only able to be damaging as a ball runner, but an extra set of hands. Now with Tom Sweepin at the back and the way he combines with Cherry Evans and the forward pack finding for confidence, has given them double strike both sides of the field and extra options to link up with. But if the forward pack lays that sort of platform this week against Penrith, it can get those guys time and space to try and get some opportunities. It'll be a great game to watch. Yeah. But I'm not, again, after the last two weeks, 
The Titans one was impressive because I didn't expect that. But like the Tigers, I don't know what to make of that game because they were horrendous. Yeah. Um, it'll be a really good gauge this week. Yeah, and Tom they played him about a month ago as well. Phenomenal, but yeah. That Brookie. They got absolutely towed up then, but him back in the mix. The talk, two games in, that he's now the one for New South Wales after what Teddy's done for us the last few years. Again, he probably ends up somewhere in the back line if his hamstring's not fine, but... Yeah, he's more versatile. We're, we're not one for, you know, incumbency, but there's some guys that earn that spot. Teddy's more than done enough to yeah, be guaranteed to be the one for New South Wales. Yeah. Tommy will definitely be there somewhere, though, but... Probably on a wing, I hope. Yeah. Him, Tommy, Cherry Evans, Schuster, you know, tap out. There was a lot of, again, as a whole, they were great. For the Tigers, there wasn't a lot of positives. You see little bits and pieces, again, from Luciani every now and then an attack. Ty works his backside off, but as a whole, uh, disappointing. Yeah. Very disappointing. Roosters, Dragons, 34-10. Did not expect this after Speaking the way disappointing. the Dragons started. They started on fire. They got stuck in extra sets of possession. Opportunities on the line. The bird one was disallowed. I sat around some fans that were angry and clearly don't understand that rule. If you touch the ball into somebody else and you're regathering, it constitutes a knock on. So I thought that was pretty clear cut. I don't know about you. The bird no try to start off. Yeah. Well, it's the rule. If you've touched it and hit someone else and you get the ball back, it constitutes a knock on. Yeah. But yeah, it was. Yeah. Wasn't the right, right call. Moments later. Sims bursts over, they get first blood, and I'm thinking, game on. Yeah. They've got stuck into them early. They're moving the ball around, the reshuffle, bird into the halves, Billy burns in, Kerr back to the benches in the middle. Like, there was a lot of change. Thought, okay, this is interesting, but they've come here, throwing all their cards on the table. Easy response with Tupo. Crashes over, gets that try, and thought, all right, that's not the greatest response. Kind of went into a bit of a lull period after that live at the ground. They were a bit back and forth, errors. Penalties between one another and kind of stagnated, but uh, the back end of the half when Pereira just KOs Tedesco and they get that sin bin period, you're obviously really worried. You want to get out as best as possible, and unfortunately for the Dragons, they conceded twice quickly and quite softly down their right edge. Yeah. Um, going into half time at 16 6. The Roosters just weathered that initial period and then yeah. just the better side. And, and they, they just excelled as the game went on. and the scary one again, when Teddy went off, the few times I've seen Manu play fullback now, if someone's not throwing huge dolls at him when he's off contract next year to play fullback, I'm not here. He's a world-class centre, but when he gets at one and gets his hand on the football and can just float around the field, he is machine a hell of a football player. Walker had some really good moments again. He also had a few loose moments, which you'd expect of an 18-year-old, but put a big mark on the game. And what really took the win out of the Dragon sales, when Marshkey got binned two minutes into the second half for the silly grab on the tap return... The Dragons not only didn't score points, they conceded against 12. Yeah. So that you really, really need to take advantage of those periods. That dents your confidence. When you've got a man down attacking you. tails up thinking, here we go, we'll get back in here. Yeah. And they get a try against Come you. Zippo. Manu busted through at the back end. Collins got one. It, it turned into a mess. They got a late try, but, uh, you know, two losses in a row. Blood on Anzac Day. Couple, three guys taking early guilty pleas. Both the wingers suspended. I think they're going to have to debut somebody. I haven't seen the lineups yet, but I think one of the Fiji twins is likely to get a game. One has played, one hasn't. Yeah. Um, do they stick with the same reshuffle this week if Ben Hunt's back? I don't know. Is Clune on the bench? Does Bird go straight back to the centres with those two wingers out? Billy Burns start in the back row again, or does Kerr go back to the back row? I think long term. I'd play Billy Burns there. Kerr, to me, is not a back row. He's too no. big. Like, He's I, a middle. 
isolating him on a half in good ball or attack is a good thing. Defensively out in an island, though, he's vulnerable. Burns is a genuine back row. He showed some really good signs in the Penrith system. It's obviously going to take some time to settle in uh, in this new setup, but uh, yeah, wasn't expecting that from the Dragons. Thought they'd go on with it a bit, but after the fast start, pretty disappointed with the Roosters. Again, after all the injuries and change, good resilience. Thought JWH and Collins were good again. Morris on his side, Marnie when he went to the back, and, and Walker again obviously had a, a very good game. And good to see Verrells back on the field. Yeah. Brought some speed and a bit of an injection. And to finish this off, Storm Warriors, this one, in their unmanned. Bloodbath. Debutante fullback, Sheck to the wing, Siren to play in the halves because they're lacking a half. Like, you, you looked at what they named Rocco Berry in the centres. They're very light on at the moment. Um, and it showed Melbourne jagged on very, very early. They responded through Marmolo, but the current sin bin obviously hurt, and they got one try, but the ones when they were back to 13 and they jagged through before half time, it was just ominous at 26-4 that it was going to go on. I think Bellamy were disappointed. They conceded late in particular for Marmolo to get the hat-trick, but Melbourne, in Melbourne, Anzac Day, all the hype, all the emotion. Pappenhausen's a big loss, but they've got a great... Uh, replacement there in Hines, who they've groomed in the system for a few years now. The two nines being back, the forward pack's great. The back line's getting better with those combinations. Hughes was exceptional. He was outstanding on the night. He he was really, really good. Um, Welch just continues good form. There, there wasn't many negatives from Melbourne. For the Warriors, the real upside is you got to see Reese Walsh, who's barely 18. You saw the ball-playing ability. Mm. Very good ball playing ability, busted some tackles. Uh, they obviously played off the back foot, but uh, you got a really, really good glimpse of what you got coming to. And I think it probably speaks more volumes of Roger Tuivasa-Sheck again that he went to the club when he got over there and wants to mentor, wants to shadow him, is happy to play wherever they want him to play as long as it benefits their long-term future and the kid. I still think, for the most part, you probably want Roger at one, but if they've got an injury like that with Fussy Tour and you put him there, I still think there's ways to have him play from the back and have those yardage carries and play on the wing and have Walsh on the side. Walsh has also got the ability to play halves, and I'm pretty sure I heard earlier that that's where he's going to be playing this week and Roger back to one. But uh, when you're in the you situation... Just, I'd just be flipping him like RTS to be mini. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. You could do that still and get him up the front line in good ball because he's probably a better ball player than Roger. Um, but in the situation there, like we said, huge injuries already. Fanua Blake, Aitken, Tavita Harris, Hiku's missing. This week they had no Tohu, Pompey, Fussy Tour, etc. on top. They're down on some troops. They had to reshuffle a bit. In that situation, I think they did the right thing. Got Berry in, got Walsh in. Have a look at your future. Yeah. Um, and if it stays that way for the next few weeks and they're still over here and they're in the, in the bubble sort of situation away from home, it's a great year to get some young guys in, get some experience and, and just keep building with who they've bought in, and hopefully some of those guys come at the back end. We know Fanua Blake's going to be out long-term in Aiken, but uh, it's always good to see some fresh blood get into the squad. So, yeah, uh, good showing from Walsh, but Melbourne just keep on ticking the boxes, don't they? And uh, that wraps up the reviews of the games from the weekend. Tips, bets, and uh, previews brought to you by bluebet.com. There's no one better to bet with. 100% true blue Aussie bookie. Download the app today or go onto the website, www.com bluebet.com.au and unfortunately charity bet loss on the weekend boxhead yeah we had a win the week before um, but a loss on the weekend Tigs 1-12 to 12. yeah well, I wanted Tigers to win off Luminous score but the we ground. couldn't get that on nah but yeah I had Tigers 1-12 to 12. it got destroyed oh yes it got destroyed 
166.50 in the kitty from the win before with Williams. But we'll look for something this week. I think Georgie scored again on the weekend. Should have rolled that bet over. Yeah, I think he did actually, yeah. from memory. I think he did. But let's have a look. Round eight, we're rolling into. And uh, the tips from last week, you got four. Myself, Gossip, Roast, all got five. We're both on 38. Gossip leads on 40. And the Roast is on 39. But first game this weekend, Canberra. South, big one for the Raiders, looking for a response. And uh, there's some changes again from Ricky Stewart. Jared Croker, sideline with a shoulder injury. So Sebastian Chris goes back into the centres. Bailey Simonson is back on the wing after missing last week to a head knock. Josh Papali is being arrested. And his place on the bench is now taken by Tapine, who was dropped last week. Josh Hodgson is apparently still another week away. For the Bunnies, Wayne Bennett named the same 17 who played last week. Tavita Totola suffered a HIA. He must go through the protocol to play. Uh, we obviously know that Latrell Mitchell is still suspended. Benji Marshall starts again in the halves, and Cody Walker continues to play at fullback. And Braden Burns will make a long awaited return this weekend in New South Wales Cup after his uh, ruptured Achilles tendon. But it's a weird one. It's down in Canberra. They're getting desperate. They've made some changes. Will we see a response, or you stick them to South? I'm going Raiders. Big response, you reckon? Yeah, South just didn't impress me. Last week, and yeah, I just think that we'll need the Raiders, but home ground, Thursday night, big game. They need to win more. I'll lean that way. Yep, I agree with you, but I'm going to go with South because I've been waiting for a response for two weeks, and I think this is obviously a better opposition, and it's going to be harder to get the result, but I would not be surprised at all if uh, they bounce back this week. But with Blue Bet, They've got the Raiders, $2.55 outsiders at home. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, $1.51 favourite, and minus 5.5 is the line in that game. Early Friday night kickoff, Storm Sharks down in Melbourne. For the Sharks, George Jennings has a head knock. He's out. Tommy Eisenhuth named in the centres, so Remus will push to the wing. And a new-look bench, Riley Jacks, Chris Lewis in. Nelson Asof Solomon also out after concussion symptoms post-match, and Pappenhausen still at least a few weeks away. Sharks, big changes to the side that suffered that loss. Wade Graham is back. Aiden Tolman is back on the bench as well. And Will Chambers, after one week in cup, has been named in the centres. Teague Wilton goes back to the bench. Magulis goes to the reserves, while Chambers replaces Josh Dugan, who has been been demoted to the reserves list. And Chambers uh, did a bit of a job on us in cup on the weekend. Yeah. Did he get uh, binned? I heard someone say he got sin binned too. Uh, I don't know. Full cycle, if that's the case. That's typical Will. But... There are a few sim in that game, actually, the cup game. Tolman back on deck, and uh, Hamlin Ueli moves back to the bench, so uh, regardless of the changes there. Melbourne. Joshy Daly got sim Oh, well, there you go. Cranky little human. Melbourne and Melbourne. I don't care yeah. who's out. On the storm. Yeah, I'm with you. You're on the storm as well. Yeah, Will Chambers got sim Yeah, I thought so. I heard something about that. With Bluebet, heavy favourites are the Melbourne Storm, $1.10. Six fifty for the Sharks. I'd be interested to see Chambers up against Melbourne. He used to always get into beef with Sharks. Now he is one. Straight in. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Minus seven and a half is the line in that game. They always seem to be ugly close games with the Sharks. So that, that's dangerous with a line, I think. Yeah. Um, it's just it brings out some serious hate. And the, the Broncos Derby, or the Brisbane Derby, should I say. The Broncos up against your mob, the Gold Coast Titans. Can they do two in a row in the season again? More shuffling with a half situation. Milford's now back from his stint in uh, Queensland Cup. Tyson Gamble gets another opportunity to play at halfback. Brody Croft, Thomas Dearden, both out of the side. Uh, Jesse Arthurs is back. He goes into the centres for Mead. 
Alex Glenn's out for a few more weeks. He suffered a, a bad tear. So, yeah, a couple of changes for them. For the Titans, Anthony Don is back for his first game. Semi shifts into the centers as a result with Patrick Herbert out injured. Herbert SASA, first game on the bench. Sam Lasone expected to miss six weeks with a pec injury. And Tino is due back from suspension in another week, unfortunately, for the Titans. Uh, what do you reckon? Can Brisbane roll up for this one, or will you guys bounce back? Titans or Belden? Oh, yes. I'm on the, the Titans. Suncorp slaughter. <laughs> I was going to say, surely you've got another tagline for everyone yeah. out there. It was a massacre. We've already bashed a them once this year. <laughs> we've we've bashed the them again this slaughter. week. Oh, I love it. I'll tip the Titans as well, I think. Uh, Kevy can hold a jersey and scream and shout as much as he wants. It's not going to help their lack of ability. Oof. The best ability. The best ability is availability, but that's right. You don't have good players available to you, Kev. So, unlucky he, champ. You're going to fix it. Us, us, left, right, good night. Yeah. He throws the combo with Blue Bet. The Brisbane Broncos outside us, three seventy, a dollar twenty-eight for the Titans. The Titans minus. don't have a record, good record when I'm come up with little taglines. No, I was so probably say, going back to get Broncos. The <laughs> yeah. Get on the three seventy minus twelve and a half. Uh, early Saturday game out there at Bathurst, the traditional game they take the Panthers. Up against Manly, what would have been a couple of weeks ago considered a Barry Crocker at three yeah. o'clock is now a blockbuster with the form uh, for the Panthers side. Have we got Coruscant back in? We do. So basically back to full strength. Coruscant's back from his first game from that wrist injury. Mitch Kenny goes to reserve. Uh, Eddie Blacker still a week away. I don't think he'll be in the 17 anyway. They've won Momorov- six games without Abby. Yeah, Momorovsky. His suspension still a little bit of time, but Burton form wise has been one of the best centers in the comp anyway. So yeah. You got Edwards back last week. It was great. Crichton and Burton in your centres. Your halves are kicking along. And like you said, they've had Kenny there just doing a job. And RP comes back in. So Panthers. Good signs for Manly. Same 17 as last week. Still no sign of Sirenan or Moses Sully. But I don't know why you'd be too worried with what's been happening. Morgan Harper tightens things up. Well and truly on the edge. And uh, Schuster gets some game time. And I look after. He's been making an impact. They've been getting a good, good impact there. And then from their bench... Panthers, we're both on. I'm on as well, but this is a real gauge of where Manly's at. And if we see anything like the football we've seen the last couple of weeks, well, then they're right back in the mix, aren't they? And all hell, Tommy Turbo. And those mighty hamstrings. Yeah. Well, uh, blue bet, heavy on the Panthers. A dollar seventeen favourite. 5.10 for Manly. Some good value there if you like that. And the start, if you think it's going to be close, definitely some good value. Minus 14.5. I don't think Carrington Park is uh, the greatest place for a game of football, but I think Park's all right. for the time of day, I think this is the best time you can play. Yeah. 3 p.m. when it's still a bit sunny because if it's a cold night Titan game, I think that would definitely bring me Same in. as Mudgy. Right It'll be the exactly the same as Mudgy with that 3 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, I don't Very know what like, but hopefully it's nice and warm and a dry track because yeah. you don't want to play there at night when it's dewy and wet, that's for sure. But good odds there for Manly on the outside if you like that with Bluebet, 5.10 and the 4.5 line. Dogs got that result last week, but doesn't get any easier. Straight into the Parramatta was this week. Matt Dory and Chris Smith both must pass uh, concussion protocol, but they've been named in the 17. Dallin returns after being hospitalised. and With a virus. With a virus and utility brand awakened. Sorry, they've both been named in the reserve, so possible late change there. Lachlan Lewis and Jackson DePine are both out for another week. And for the Eels, Ryan Madison has been named to return for his first match since round two on the bench with Isaiah Papali'i. Retaining the starting role, and I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. He's been absolutely huge 
in the back row there. And I think we're both on the heels. Padamasil. I think uh, Dog's really up for last week, but this is a much bigger challenge. Correct. Than uh, the old Sharkies. So the odds there, $1.10 for Parrot with blue bet, six fifty for the Doggies. Minus 19.5 is the line there. And the Knights at night time come up against the Roosters. And uh, this one, same 17 as last week, so not many back. Uh, but they've given themselves the option of a couple of late changes. Lachlan Fitzgibbon after shoulder surgery. Tex Hoy are in the reserves. Heimel Hunt, Edric Lee are both been pushed back at least a week. So pretty much looking at similar lineup mm. as last week for the Roosters. Tedesco has been named, but will have to pass concussion protocol. It was his third concussion in the last 10 months. So I'd be interested to see what happens there after that shot. Sam Verrills is again penciled in to start with Ben Maskey on the bench after they were involved in a late swap last week, while CSC Takiaho has been named after withdrawing last week. Fletcher Baker drops back to the reserves where he's joined by Joseph Sawali, who uh, most people obviously jumped on straight away, thinking that he would be the natural person to come in and play fullback. Others have said that would not be the case. You'd just shift Manu into fullback. Yeah. And yeah, have Ikevalu come in either play centre or wing and maybe push Brett Morris into the centre. So yeah. they've got options there. I think this is a difficult game to tip considering the effort they put in and being up at McDonald Jade Stadium, but yeah, I, I still lean towards the Roosters. Roosters or Knights? Roosters. Yeah, tough one that one. I still think up there, but uh, they've tough lost one. They've lost their last couple at Cut Mac Jones. It hasn't been the fortress it should be, and Bluebet have them as the outsiders, and rightfully so. $2.75 after the Roosters last week. Red hot in the Anzac Day game, a dollar forty-five for the Roosters, minus six and a half is the line there. And to wrap up, I oh know not to wrap up the round. Sorry, got two more to go. I've cut myself short there. Sunday early game, Warriors up against the Cowboys should be a good game. Tom Payton up against the club that he left. Tohu Harris returns from a head knock. Fussy Tours back on the wing from a hamstring injury after their late withdrawals as well. And Adam Pompey, uh, who was looking to build in some really good form. Is back as well. Roger Tuivasa Shek moves to fullback, and Reese Walsh moves into five eight after Bailey Sheeran filled in last week, and uh, Rocco Berry retains his place in the centres. Murdoch Masilla moves to lock. Jazz Tavanga, Jack Murchie drop back to the bench, and Tommy Ali goes to the reserves after being in a mission last week for Sean O'Sullivan, who's on the outer as well. For the Cowboys, Tamalolo has been named to return from his hand injury. His selection sees Lachlan Burgo back to the bench, replacing Mitchell Dunn, who is suspended for a week for a crash tackle. John McLean is in the lineup despite only playing 21 minutes in the upset last week, uh, but he's been dealing with a hamstring injury, so there's a possibility that he might be replaced late. And, uh, yeah, keep your eyes on that one. But uh, this is a tough one to tip, I think, but with those couple of late inclusions for Warriors. the Warriors, I'm going to go with the Warriors. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but the Cowboys, three in a row. Building a bit of confidence up against, you know, a, a tough opposition. This would be a good test as well for both sides. But yeah, interested to see how this one pans out. Should be a decent game with Blue Bet. The Warriors, the favourite, a dollar sixty, two thirty-five for the Cowboys. Minus three and a half is the line. And the last one to wrap up the round, the Dragons off the back of two losses, get some good news despite having those couple of guys suspended on the hip and swings. They get back Benny Hunt, who can hopefully find some form quickly. And that move sees Jack Bird go back to the centres, Cody Ramsey to the wing, Pereira and Ravalawa out for three and two weeks respectively, as we said. Sees Max Fagai called up to fill the other wing spot. Fui Maano, early guilty plea, just copped the fine. Josh Kerr 
name to start in the second row in place of Billy Burns. They had that late swap. That might happen again. He's on the bench. And for the Tigers, Leilua has been cleared of a broken thumb and will return in the centres. Cheekham is out, drops to the extended bench. Yutukamano has been relegated to the bench. Alex Twile shifts from lock to front row. Offerhan Gowie slides back to 13. Luke Garner earns a recall to the back row. Thomas McKayley has been recalled in place of Zane Musgrove, who had a Barry Crocker. It interests me, but they've made no changes at all to the back line, which hasn't been great, considering the form of their New South Wales Cup team, who has played very well boxing. Mm, they have. Zach Cheney, Fitzgibbon, there's a couple of young guys there. You know, Jock Madden, obviously, we've seen Simpkin come up, but they've been quite good. And uh, a lot of guys there waiting for an opportunity, but... I'll be giving Jock Madden a run. There's been uh, very minimal movement there. Yeah, how they keep pushing repeat on the Luke Brooks show, I'm not sure at the moment. Oh, but even with Talia, Roberts, he needs, like, he needs a killing cup. When you've got Cheney and a couple of guys, just at least show them that there's a possibility that they're going to get an opportunity, mm. even if it is for a week. Just send some sort of message to a couple of guys that are getting a jersey right now, but uh, that's what they've gone with. But with those returns for the Dragons, in particular Benny Hunt back with Corey Norman, uh, that's obviously a big plus. Fuimano getting off Billy Burns another week in that setup there. Um, I'll be going the Dragons. Dragons. So uh, the Tigers again need to see a response, and it's down at win. Good place to watch a game of football. Dollar thirty favorite with Blue Bet are the Dragons. Three fifty for the Tigers, and minus ten and a half is the line in terms of tips. We've tipped the exact same thing. We'll see what Gossip and Roasty come back with uh, with their tips during the week and the results next week. But betting wise, is there anything here you like? Any odds? Oh, it's hard this early in the, in the round, or in the week. Well, value-wise, if you liked Canberra, the 255. I wouldn't be betting on them. I'm not as confident uh, in that one. I, I think the Roosters are pretty good odds at $1.45 at the moment, to be honest, to maybe work in somewhere. The Dragons at $1.30, still not a bad price considering where they are right now, but yeah, I don't want to back we'll it figure out something later in the week. That's generally what we yeah. end up doing. But uh, a huge thank you again to Blue Bet backing us with the charity account, Bears of Hope, uh, a you know, great organisation as there's many out there that deserve uh, some help and some donations. Hopefully we can keep banking some wins and get the bankroll built up before that awkward origin period. And again, if you can have a bet, do it with the True Blue Aussie Bookie Blue Bet. Download the app today or visit the website www.bluebet.com.au and that wraps us up for another week as well, Boxhead. It does. Big thanks, Blue Bet, Penrith Solar Centre and most importantly to you, the listeners out there, been lots of engagement uh, on the social platforms. The discussion group, as always, has been great. People uh, keep things above board and have some good footy talk. Yeah, it's good. Twitter, there's been lots more tags and talk lately, which is all well and good. And as I've said a million times, if you inbox us, we don't always reply straight away because life happens. But That's because we work. We do our best to get back to you when we can. And if we don't reply straight away, we will. Also see uh, some every so often on Instagram and all those. There's a lot to uh, kind of get with. but Yeah, we need a social media manager. We'll always get back to you. It may not be straight away. Send your CVs through, guys. For free. Social media. Manager. Make you a toasted sandwich. Yeah. Or we'll get you some Domino's pizza. Brock's favourite. Yeah. Dom, Dom Mage. Fuck Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Domino's, mate, he says. I don't yeah. like it. I'm going to go and have my dinner at 10.35. That's all right, mate. Good times. It's all good. But there you go. Another week in the books. Let's see what uh, the wonderful world of rugby league dishes up and this upcoming round of the NRL. But for everybody out there for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 